This podcast is brought to you by Kingdom at Work. If you're a business leader needing to get away from the daily grind and receive fresh vision, make sure to visit them online, www.kingdomatwork.com, kingdomatwork.com. Welcome to I Work for Him as we finish up our week here in Lubbock, Texas at the Kingdom Leadership Workshop. Hosted, of course, by KingdomAtWork.com. That's KingdomAtWork.com. So exciting, Martha, to be here in Lubbock, to hear these stories, to share these stories with our audience. It's just been fun. What's been the funnest part for you? Well, I think as always, Jim, is with this kind of an environment is the people that you meet. And um, just knowing that they're all here for the same purpose, to learn, to be um, moldable, to be um, able to absorb and take back just being excited about that whole process. Yes. Well, the, the, the overall theme that we've gotten from so many of our interviews about the kingdom leadership workshop is when a kingdom leader engages in a kingdom style, then a kingdom culture emerges and the kingdom of God advances. That's why you, our listeners need to get your, if you are a Christian business owner or leader of an organization, you need to get your leadership team and get signed up for the 2019 Kingdom Leadership Workshops. Check them out online, kingdomatwork.com, kingdomatwork.com. There's three of them next year, February, April, and October. All right, now, last April, we interviewed Gina Roach, and she shared a little bit of her story, and we've brought her back with her husband, Andrew. Gina and Andrew, welcome back to I Work For Him. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Gina, just start us off a little bit of the story. How did you come to be a follower of Jesus? Well, I I thought always, honestly, I was a follower of Jesus. I grew up um, in the Catholic Church. Um, we never missed a Mass. My mom was there this weekend, so I think it was more part of our culture. And when I came to Beaten Bow Homes, it was something very unique and different that I had never experienced before, where I saw people regularly talking about their faith, talking about God always giving glory to God. I went on a Beaten Bow Homes vision trip in 2007. It was the first time the company had done that uh, for the larger group. And in the middle of the Amazon River, God really just convicted me and found me. And I found You're surrounded myself. by piranhas and you said, Lord, <laughs> help me. <laughs> yeah, that'll bring you, right? That'll increase your faith a lot. But um, no, just seeing um, the dependency that people had on community and on Christ and what they were going through and the efforts that they were taking to learn more about Jesus was just new to me. It, it wrecked me uh, in the best of ways. And, and from there it just jump started. Uh, I kind of leapt into exploring my faith and, and following the Lord um, immediately after it was the first time I ever prayed out loud ever. Uh, Catholic people don't typically pray out loud. And that was the first time ever on that boat with my colleagues and a lot of Brazilians that I ever prayed out loud. So it's very, very cool. All right. Last spring, when we interviewed here, when we were here at the last Kingdom Leadership Workshop, we interviewed you. Okay. Your, your job here, you're the VP of Sales and Marketing. That hasn't changed, right? Nope. Okay. VP of Sales and Marketing at Beaton Bow Homes here in Lubbock, Texas. You shared from your heart your passion about your job, about how much you love your job. We got to hear you speak that. It was fantastic. You also shared your passion about your family and your, you talked about your husband. Do you remember what you shared on that show? Gosh, I don't remember exactly because I talk about um, Andrew all of the time, but just that <laughs> he is the sweetest, most kindest, most generous person that I know. Um, and honestly, if you looked at him or talked to him, you would have thought he was a follower of Christ just based on the core principles um, that Andrew has. And so it would always be very interesting when people would learn 
that I worked at Beaten Bow Homes, that I'm on the leadership team, that I'm really working on my faith and increasing my faith and leading as a follower of Christ um, in that and talking to other leaders about it and that my husband is not a believer. And so it always surprised people. And you share it from the stage. You shared that from the stage and you asked people to pray for Andrew. Mm -hmm. And we did pray for Andrew. What happened a month after we left here? Oh my gosh. This is just the craziest story. One month to the day we were in Holland and we were a At part of the kingdom of, leadership workshop that you guys did overseas. We sure were. Our leadership team and our spouses were there. Interestingly enough, Andrew works for his sister. She was with us as well, really interested in bringing these concepts and bringing Christ into the center of her workplace. She was with us. And one month to the day that I was on stage, Andrew came to Christ at the end of that kingdom leadership conference in Holland. Um, with a lot of people who over the years have been praying for Andrew specifically, all of our friends and just Beaten Bow family um, were there. In addition to Andrew's sister, who came, I mean, who was sitting there because of this whole concept, this kingdom leadership, she wants to do this. And my sister was actually with me in Brazil mm. when I came to Christ. So we, it, our stories here and how this place has impacted us have been huge and um, are very, very similar in how this thing happened. Andrew, tell us your side of that story. Well, uh, I think going into uh, the King of It work in Europe, it was I was just more open-minded uh, than I had been in a long time. And there were probably things that were just leading up to it. Mm -hmm. um, there wasn't exactly one thing, but probably multiple things that led to it. So and you, you use the reference of seeds quite a bit, and there were lots of little seeds throughout that brought me to that point. And but you guys have been married how many years? 11 years. All right. Yeah. So you guys, so. did you, had you guys just gotten married when you started working here at Beaten Bow? Uh, I wasn't married. You weren't married When yet. I started okay. here. All we right. were engaged. Okay. Right. All right. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So you've been watching Gina all these years. So talk, mm -hmm. talk to us about the process the Lord brought you on to that spot there in Holland. Well, uh, my story growing up is very different. My, uh, my mother was Mormon uh, okay. growing up. Um, we went to the church a little bit when I was first uh, like three, four, five years old. We weren't really involved in the church. Um, then I moved overseas to Saudi Arabia. And so most of my friends at that time were either Muslim or Buddhist or Hindu. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, church over there technically is illegal. So uh, my, my experiences were very shallow, just not very deep in terms of uh, going to church. And so really my first real... Uh, involvement with it was when we came back to Lubbock and she started working at Beaten Bow. And so that was the first time that uh, we started to really go to church and listen to the principles of uh, Christianity. And so, uh, uh, but I think ultimately when it came to, I was actually driving on my way to New Mexico, like I do every day uh, for work. And I was actually listening to the I Work For Him podcast. Mm -hmm. And so I listened to each individual show, not just not just hers, but uh, Gina's, my wife's, but everybody's. And I think that had an impact. And I actually found myself, when I was listening particularly to Gina, uh, crying in the mm -hmm. car, driving to New Mexico. And I think that was a turning point for sure. And then, um, of course, then the kingdom at work in Europe, um, there were several people there that were just very candid about their uh, uh, what they saw in me. Mm -hmm. And they didn't know me. Uh, they've had a brief, you know, contact with me. If you say hellos, that type of thing. Right. Uh, and I could just hear, uh, 
I could hear a voice in my head at that time, and I didn't know what that was. And if I was honest with myself, I, that voice was always there. I just never knew that's the conversation I was having. I just didn't know. And so uh, it ultimately culminated, and I heard the stories of people there that were in Europe, and uh, it just really resonated with me, and I could just hear God telling me these these things about these people and just feeling the utmost compassion and sympathy for some of the situations that they were in. And so it just kind of overwhelmed me and hit me all at once when we were there. The, the, the spiritual nature of that conference was just unbelievable. I mean, it was palpable. You could tell that there was something going on there and I couldn't ignore it any longer. So, so Andrew started, he had written prophetic words for all of these people in the crowd and handed it. I to had them. no idea what I was doing. I literally said, I don't know what I'm doing right now. I'd never do this. I have no clue. <laughs> My sister was like, what are you doing? Like, it just, it, that, if you were to know me, that would not, that would not be something that I do. Mm-hmm. So that so was pretty. given a prophetic gift. So it's just speaking <sighs> truth into people. What, what kinds? Of... <sighs> it was, it was very strange. Uh, there was a, there was a girl up there uh, that was telling her story and it was a very uh, moving story uh, about her life and, and how hard it was growing up Mm -hmm. and I could just feel myself just being so moved and just to the point where I almost felt like I could feel her, her, her pain, even though I know I didn't go through it, it felt like I was going through it with her. And then I just started getting these words that popped in my head. And so for each person, I would look around the room and then as they were talking or I would just, something would pop in my head. I started writing it down. But the first one I wrote was for Gina and it was family. And I wrote that down and circled it. And I knew that that was something that I probably hadn't been uh, doing to my fullest. And so I knew that was the primary one. Then after that, it was... And after that, we're going to catch up with that right after the break. As Martha and I are on location in Lubbock, Texas, the final day of the Kingdom Leadership Workshop as hosted by KingdomAtWork.com, KingdomAtWork.com. Now, Kingdom at Work, part of a larger, greater group of companies... The Beatonbow group of companies, Beatonbow Homes, you got Alcove Farms, you got the Cornerstone Group, and the Willows, which is an entertainment center and event center. And we've got with us right now Andrew and Gina Roach. Gina works here at Beatonbow Homes. She's the VP of Sales and Marketing. They sell homes. So if you're in this part of Texas here, so it's in Lubbock, Texas, correct me if I'm wrong, Gina, Amarillo, Texas, Midland, Texas. And there's a fourth city. I always forget. What Odessa, it. Odessa, Texas. Texas. They build a thousand residential homes every year. You could be their next home. If you need a home in this area of the country, you have to build a beaten bow home. And no, they did not ask me to give that endorsement, but <laughs> they build great homes. If we were to live here, that's the kind of home we would live in. Although I would sum up the basement thing, though. Rick Beatmo told us earlier this week that we couldn't have a basement. I'm like, I don't know, Texas. I'm going to have a basement. All right. Back to your story. Andrew, you've given your life to Christ and you're sitting at this conference. You're sitting at the Kingdom Leadership Workshop in Europe. The Lord is teaching you. He's giving you words for other people. He's, he's actually placing things in your mind about the other people that you're seeing and hearing. And you wrote down something about Gina. Yes. Uh, so I was <clears throat> feeling just just very connected to the people that were giving their stories. And so it felt like at that time, the Lord was telling me, you know, look at, look at Gina. And as soon as, as soon as I did, I just had the one word pop up in my head and I just wrote down family and I circled that. And then I saw a gentleman across from us who we had been talking to throughout the, uh, that conference and a young kid had a, you know, but very bright and, but he lacked confidence. 
And so I wrote down confidence. And then I saw some other people and started writing down words. And it was just, sometimes it was people that I had a few words with other people. I just saw speaking out loud to somebody else and I could just see it. And I wrote it down and I started writing them down, tearing off the pieces of paper. And when they were done talking, I went to each individual person and just gave them that word. Uh, and most of the time I got a pretty, uh, uh, good response in terms of, you know, feedback from it. And, like I said, I never, I didn't know what I was doing. had no clue. Never even heard of that before. Um, I just felt called to do it and I did it. And, uh, it, and that's the moment right afterwards that I just realized that, that this is not all happenstance that this was for a reason, for a purpose. So, so talk to us about what you wrote down about Gina. As far as the family? Yeah. Yes. Um, well, I think, uh, I, I don't think I was probably as, uh, I didn't pay quite enough attention to the family's needs and what she was needing in terms of me helping her out, uh, in terms of what the kids were needing and changing my approach as far as how I was dealing with my children. We have, uh, each kid has individual personalities. <laughs> yes. So, um, I learned. That's humor, he does that. That's right. And so, uh, it's hard to, uh, to adjust to it, and especially, but I found that as I've come to think about uh, God and what he's telling me, I've learned that I've changed my approach to, especially with a couple of children. And, uh, it's worked out a lot better in terms of how they're responding to me as well. So, uh, with those kids, with their personalities, it's always a bit different. And so we have one in particular <laughs> that, uh, we, it requires me a lot of praying probably more than usual. So, so is that the child that's most like you? No, no, most like me. Oh. <laughs> Less than me as two of us. Uh. Oh, so let's talk about that for a minute, because I think for our listeners, um, they'll find this very encouraging and also a challenge in their own home. You had a lot of years where you weren't, you weren't equally yoked. Um, although you were a good person and you talked about the fact that most people would have thought that you were a Christ follower. Mm. What has, how has that played out at home? You, you mentioned just as being a father and things like that, but especially in your marriage, how are you walking out your faith together? You know, I feel like we're still in the infancy mm -hmm. of, of all of it, honestly, trying to figure that out. I mean, I still remember right after uh, we got back from Europe walking in to go pray uh, with our youngest Colin and him telling me daddy already prayed and he's three years old. So I was like, what your dad prayed with you, you know, and it's just all so new for us. You know, we're trying, we didn't pray before meals because we didn't want Andrew to feel uncomfortable. Now, if the children wanted to, we would, you know, mm -hmm. there was just, I was trying not to be forceful in that at all. Andrew wasn't a project. I knew that the Lord would just always tell me in his timing. And so we are in the infancy. Um, not a couple weeks ago, our daughter said, Dad I, or, Dad and Mom, I want to get baptized. And so Andrew starts, uh, we're talking about this in the car on the way home from church. And Andrew says, well, what if we did that together? So this is what we're walking right now. It's so fresh and it's so new and we're trying to figure it out. But uh, we're definitely happier um, together. We understand each other more. There was a point when our daughter was a baby that I just looked at Andrew and said, I am going to raise this child to know Jesus. And I, if you can't do that with me or at least go to church, I don't know what we can do here. Mm. I really didn't because there was a moment, a tension. I'd seen my parents do that and really struggle in their marriage. And, and Andrew committed to coming to church with us. And I, I remember that moment because uh, I just struggled. I didn't know what to say. I was like, this is a, this is a turning point. I knew it. And I didn't know what to say. 
and it came out and I don't even know how I just said, our kids will be raised in the church. And honestly, I didn't, I, that, I'd known at that point that was God talking. That was not Mm me. And, and so, and at that time I didn't believe. Mm -hmm. And so, but I knew at that moment or God knew at that moment that it was time for those words to come out to, to relieve Gina and understand. Well, and really you didn't enter marriage being unequally yoked. Mm -hmm. You, you, you came to Christ 11 years ago. Mm -hmm. Talk to the ladies out there who came to Christ inside their marriage and their husbands haven't yet followed. Encourage them. Yeah. Well, I, I'm so blessed here to have so many wise people around me. Um, number one, start with that. Have a really good community of believers around you, praying for you, praying for your spouse. Um, you'll be amazed at what can happen. Um, Holly Beatonbow, Andrew did not know any of this, by the way. We're flying back from <laughs> Holland, and he's just like, you were doing what? Um, <laughs> you know, I would oftentimes, um, I had anointing oil that Holly Beatonbow had given me, and I would put it all over our home, number one, to not let the enemy come in. He could have no space in our home. There was only room for the Holy Spirit. I would put it on Andrew's pillow mm. and I would lay my hand on his pillow and I would pray. I got a the rash, Lord. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and I would pray that, that the Lord would come through dreams or visions, that the enemy would not have a stronghold on that space either. And I would pray um, over him there. I would ask the Lord what I was supposed to say in the right timing. And I would also, um, you know, which I've talked about is I would make sure that Andrew would see the miracles that were happening, even though he might be blind to them. I could see spiritually what the Lord was doing. There was one time where our rental home across the street that we have, we all of a sudden our air conditioning unit went out and it was $1,500 and we got a check, some sort of refund check for $1,500 like the mm. same day. And so I would try to make those miracles known. The Lord was working on me and talking to me about contentment. And then Andrew would speak to me and say, Hey, I don't think we should do this. I'm content. And so I would make sure that he would know, here's what God is telling me. Now, I don't know what you want to hear, but here's what he's telling me. And then this is the most fun on Sunday. I haven't told anybody this really, but now you're going to tell 40 or 50,000 people. (laughs) But this past Sunday, I got to watch Andrew witness a miracle Um, from his fresh perspective. We were, we have a vehicle that is on its last leg. Andrew drives a lot. So he's been trying to figure out what to do. And at about 545, we are talking about this and, and what should we do? And should we get rid of it? Should we sell it? What, what's the right timing of this? And at 608, I hear our ring doorbell go off on Andrew's phone and he's out there talking to someone and I'm with our children. We're going to dinner with friends. We're waiting on them. I thought it was our sitter and no, it is a couple that has come up and rang our doorbell asking if we would be willing to sell this vehicle. It was bizarre. I, no for sale sign in the window. No sale sign in the window. Nothing. I hadn't done anything except for research online for a few days and that was it. And it we was, had just talked about it. Yeah. We're going, you know what? Well, let's just think about it. Let's pray about it. See what we're supposed to do here. We don't know the answer. And ding dong at 608. <laughs> I saw that wow. happen. And so, you know, that was the first time Andrew's just good. I, what? Yeah, that does not happen. You yeah, know, and I'm like, just... that's, that is how the Lord works. You know, we, Lord help us. We don't know what to do here. What's right. Even financially. Mm-hmm. And the doorbell rang. And so now we no longer have that vehicle. As we close out with you guys, imagine life without beaten bow homes, mm-hmm. Gina Roach, in your life. How, how, how impactful has this kingdom environment been in your life? 
Gosh, it for me has been just the tipping point for everything. It's it's given me purpose. It has given me um, identity. I feel like before I didn't know who I was, always um, fighting against myself um, and, and not understanding that that's how God created me to be. Um, and so ultimately, it's just giving me a purpose and a calling. Andrew, what about you? Uh, well, I've said it before, and the fact is that I do not work for Beatonbo Homes, and it has impacted me tremendously. So uh, in terms of my personal life, in particular family mm-hmm. life, uh, I get to enjoy a lot of the spoils of Beatonbo as well. So um, it's it's personally, professionally, uh, it's a good impact of that spiritually as well. Yeah. Andrew and Gina Roach, thanks for being on I Work For Him today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Check them out online, Beatonbow Homes. You can hear their story. It's also on YouTube. They got they have a great testimony as well. You're listening to I Work For Him as we broadcast to you from Lubbock, Texas, site of the Kingdom Leadership Workshop, hosted by KingdomAtWork.com. That's KingdomAtWork.com. If you're a Christ-following business owner or leader of an organization, this is a place you need to bring your leadership team. And in 2019, they have three workshops That is February, April, and October, where you can bring your team to Lubbock, Texas, where you will hear a story of learning how to be a kingdom leader. Because when a kingdom leader engages in a kingdom style, then the kingdom culture emerges within the organization, and the kingdom of God advances across this planet. So I really want you to get involved. Kingdomatwork.com, kingdomatwork.com. All right, in the second half of today's show, We've got Cal's aunt. Cal's aunt is not Cal's aunt. Cal's Cal's aunt. Just want to make sure those of you, you from talk California. So fast. I do. I talk so fast. He's the president of Beaten Bow Homes. Now you've heard us talk about Beaten Bow Homes, and, and but most of the time we're talking about KingdomAtWork.com. We're going to let Cal tell you a little bit about Beaten Bow Homes. Cal, welcome back to I Work for Him. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Cal. Just for the audience, so we can get people up to date with you. How did you come to be a follower of Jesus? Um, well, that's a good question. Uh, I grew up in a, in a small town, uh, uh, kind of conservative church that I I would say I learned a lot about God. I didn't know God. Um, God saved me in a pretty interesting way. Um, I I like to tell people I have a very colorful testimony. God has saved me from a lot. And that happened, uh, when I was 21 years old in uh, the Lubbock County drunk tank, uh, one of many trips to jail I'd been on, but um, I think uh, the Lord had been working in my heart weeks leading up to that. And mm-hmm. a big part was uh, I think prayers of a a grandmother who never gave, gave up on me. And uh, man, God, God saved me in a, in a pretty dramatic way. Mm. That's great. It's great to have those praying grandparents because there's, yeah. the, you know, the, the enemy is scared to death of praying grandparents. Yeah, I believe it. It's, it's it's great stuff. How did the Lord move you here to Beaten Bow Homes? I was working for a software firm um, here in Lubbock and honestly thought I might work there my whole career. Um, and they had uh, essentially had to downsize and they let go a third of all their employees in one day um, mm. had budget cuts and it was uh, last in first out. And I was one of the most senior people they, they let go that day. So I found myself looking for a job. Um, hadn't, didn't really know anything about beating bow homes. I lined up interviews at four or five places in town 
Uh, as a software developer, there was lots of people looking for those people. Um, Beaten Bow Homes just happened to be the first interview. And I came, didn't know much about the company. And uh, it didn't take long um, in this place. You can feel something different when you walk in, yes, even you though can. you can't put your finger on it. And uh, I saw a few things during that interview that, uh, although they didn't talk about God or or this being a mission or any of that stuff in the interview, um, I remember going home and telling my wife, uh, there's something different there and that's, that's where I want to work. And, uh, I called and canceled all the rest of my interviews before they offered me the job, which is <laughs> very unlike me, uh, as an engineer, you know, very logical. I need to have a plan, but, uh, yeah, I, th I think that was first step of faith. And, uh, a week later I was working here and now you're the president. And now I'm the president. <laughs> yeah. So what makes Beaten Bow Homes different than any other home builder in the country? Mm. That's a good question. You know, I think there's a lot of things uh, we do that are different. At least we've never seen another builder do it. Um, and you could point to a lot of those things. But I think probably if I boiled it down to one thing, it's... Uh, that God is doing this, that it's not us doing it. Um, that I always struggle to explain this. It, it, it's one thing to, to be a Christian in business. It's another thing to like lead a Christian business and do it with Christian values. But it, it's completely different to say, Lord, this is yours. What would you want to do here? And, uh, that leads you to some interesting places. I'll just say, uh, it, it makes you feel naked many days. Uh, but it also makes you, uh, set apart in pretty unique ways. And oftentimes you get to see things, um, miracles and blessings, um, that nobody else gets to see. It, it, it's a, it's a pretty amazing thing. So as the president, how do you live that out? How do you, you know, you, you said, you know, asking the Lord, what is it that you want to do? Obviously you must have started learning to do that before you ever became president. Yeah, for and, sure. And are you teaching that to then the people that you lead? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, I would say I've, I've seen that modeled. Um, and it's a progressive thing. It's not like when we started the company or when Rick and Ron mm -hmm. started the company, uh, 27 years ago that, that, they did it this way necessarily. It's been a progressive thing, but I will say I've seen uh, Rick in particular do this, run the company this way um, for a few years in ways that uh, would make a very detailed task oriented. We need to have a plan engineer uncomfortable. So mm -hmm. uh, it's almost comical that God would ask me to, to lead it next. Uh, but I, I've, I've learned to trust it that, uh, God does have practical wisdom. Um, you know, he, he wants to set his people apart. He, he wants them to uh, be different. And a lot of times that can come down to practical, tactical, everyday things. If we'll ask him for his insight, if we'll say, Lord, hey, I, you know, there's lots of things. I, I'm a capable guy. I, I could figure out a plan for that. But I bet you if I take it to the Lord, it would be better. 
Mm-hmm. That he, he could do something with it that I can't do. And so a lot of times as a leader, it's just humbling yourself and saying, Lord, here, here's what I'm thinking, but what do you have? What do you see here? What am I not seeing? And, and getting in the habit of doing that for, for even smaller and smaller and smaller things to where it, you're, you're, you're constantly asking the question and, and then you you start looking for it. You know, um, it's, it's not even asking for it. You start looking for what God's doing in a situation and, and trying to follow that instead of your natural instinct or, or, or business acumen or, or whatever it is. Um, yeah, it, it's just a, I think it's a progressive thing. I think if I wouldn't have had examples of leaders doing it around me, I wouldn't even know to say any of this, but I've seen it play out and God has built our faith along the way um, to where we know we can trust him. We're talking with Cal Zant here, the second half of the day show. He's the president of Beaten Bow Homes. You can check him out online, beatenbow.com, isn't it? Yes. Beatenbow.com. And we're here at the end of the week from the Kingdom Leadership Workshop hosted by KingdomAtWork.com. Check them out online, KingdomAtWork.com. All right, Kyle, give me an example of one of those decisions you need to make somewhere in the last six months where you'd like, well, I could easily make that decision, but I'm going to seek the Lord in this. And where you got a different answer than you might have gotten if it had just been out of Cal's heart. Yeah. <laughs> You have to yeah. choose just one. I know uh, it, it's, it's man, a, there, there, there are a lot. And some of my favorites are the small ones. Um, give me a small one. I would love to hear a small one. Okay. Let, let me think of one that I could explain concisely. All right. Well, he's thinking, well, let's just talk about the kingdom leadership workshop, but we're going to give him a chance to think because it's thinking we can't, you know, on TV, we could let him do, do the thing. Cause he's, <laughs> we could have played music. Uh, that's are right. You good? You did it? Yeah. Oh, uh, you got one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Kingdom at work.com. Okay. Uh, so there, there was one just probably, uh, oh, a couple weeks ago, uh, that, uh, it's just a meeting. I mean, it's just a meeting. Uh, we, we have these monthly manager summits, um, where we essentially, that's where our training and development for leaders comes from. And we talk a lot about the philosophical stuff, but also the spiritual stuff. Some of the stuff I was just talking about about trying to, to follow prompting and all, all of that, but lots of it's equipping. Um, so how do we, our, our selection process, how do we hire, uh, how do you, how do we coach? How do we grow people? Um, lots of practical stuff, some of which we share in the workshop. Um, part of what I share in my talk is from that time, but, um, you know, God cares about meetings and God cares about the people in the meetings, especially. And that was a time where we felt like God was asking us to not do that. So we had a whole agenda plan. We had teaching plan. We had slides made. We had everything done. And we said, you know, today, I think they just need a break, that they need to know they're loved, that they need to know um, also some confession in that of, of probably where we've taken that too far to where we put up too much structure um, or even are too controlling. So I would say it was about 30, 45 minutes of just authentic, transparent confession. Um, telling them that we did love them, that we did trust them. And then uh, let them go for the rest of the day. 
uh, go home, go, go, go back to your team, do whatever you want. Um, but I mean, that was, that was one day, one meeting. There, there are so many, when to call somebody back, when to, uh, pursue, uh, an opportunity there, God, I, there's just a lot of, uh, promptings. I think he gives a leader if we'll pay attention to him. Mm, for sure. So, um, in that moment, I mean, did you, ex- did you, I, I just want our listeners to hear because, you know, they may come to that crossroads and say, what am I supposed to be doing? So you're saying just, you know, listen to the Lord and be obedient to what yeah. he's saying. Yeah. You know, we, we can a lot of times focus so much on trying to hear God, but really if we'll just be obedient to the things that we, we know we heard, um, I, I think that's what this comes down to a lot of times. It's not. I'm straining to hear as much as I can't ignore that. I know that that is the Lord. I can recognize his voice in that. Um, I I know what he's asking me to do. And now am I going to have the courage to do it? Mm, Having the courage to be obedient. (laughs) Now, Cal Zant, he's the CEO or the president of, sorry, he's not, I didn't give you the bigger position. You're not the CEO of Beaton Bohomes, right? You're just the president of not just. I don't know. I'll, I'll no take idea. either one. He's, well, he's one of the other. He's either CEO or president or both of Beaten Bow Homes. That's how this all got started. Because one man realized that when a kingdom leader engaged in a kingdom style, then a kingdom culture within his organization emerges and the kingdom of God advances. And that was Rick beaten boat when they decided that, wow, they just wanted to lead a kingdom company. Well, Cal Zanta's come along now and he's the CEO, the president of beaten bow homes. We don't really know what he is, but he's in charge <laughs> and he's sharing a little of his story. Mm-hmm. And Cal, you, it, it's amazing. It's not like you're an old guy running a, a, a construction company. You are, you're running a construction company, but you're an engineer who was a software engineer and you're a young guy. But the Lord has done amazing things in your life, and you've been able to share that many, many times. Yet, in the last couple of weeks, the Lord has taken you through some adversity that's strengthened your relationship, but also twisted your relationship with the Lord a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, As I mentioned earlier, the Lord has uh, been really faithful in my life. Um, He's given me uh, an amazing story that I've got to share several times, but, um, there's a new part to it. The thing about a testimony is it's never done, um, that God will continue, uh, to tell his story in somebody's life. And, uh, yeah, I got to experience the next season of that. And, uh, um, what's kind of funny is, uh, like four months ago, Rick had asked me to share my testimony at a men's event we do every year. Um, we call it ribs at the range. We're in Texas. So we go and shoot a lot of guns and just invite all, all the, uh, guys who work for us or spouses or anything out to the range and, uh, shoot guns, blow stuff up and have some barbecue. And, um, Rick had asked me to share my testimony, uh, around the campfire that night. And I, done that several times, um, probably more than 20 times, uh, because it is a, 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 a really amazing story that God has, uh, written in my life. And so I feel like that's not my story. It's his story. And so I'm, I'm supposed to share it. Mm-hmm. And so every opportunity I'm happy to do it. And so I said, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, as I was thinking and praying about it, the weeks leading up to it, I felt, uh, like God was not asking me to share what I had before I had five or six versions of my testimony that I could just pick up and give. And, 
Um, I even told a friend uh, a couple weeks beforehand that I felt like God said I wasn't supposed to do any of that. It's supposed to be something else. But I, to- I told him, I don't know what it is. So I, I hope he tells me what it is if he <laughs> wants me to share something different. And then, uh, yeah, uh, that was uh, two weeks ago. And, um, yeah, the, that that week my wife uh, had a heart attack. A 35-year-old, super fit, fittest person I know. She actually got first place in a CrossFit competition in DFW uh, two weeks before that. Uh, mm. Watch this, what she eats. No family history of heart disease. Uh, it is a crazy thing. And spent three days in the hospital uh, looking for answers of what caused it or what can we do to prevent it and ran so many tests and didn't find anything. Um, nothing. Doctors had no answers. Um, and I'll just tell you, it was a struggle for me. I, uh, I actually think it would have been a lot easier if, if I would have been in one in the hospital bed. I think I could have trusted God with my health, uh, more easily than trusting him with my wife's health. Um, I just wanted to, for the doctors to find something. Um, I even prayed that at one time that, uh, the next test would show an infection or something, something that we could treat. Um, and a lot of that is uh, just a continuation of, of something God's been working on me personally, um, since August. Uh, and that's just releasing control. Uh, and I love, honestly, I love being in control. Um, it makes me feel stressed out when I'm not in control and, uh, the Lord is wanting to free me from that. Hmm. I believe it. Um, but that, uh, also means, uh, a lot of change and pain. And I think this is just another continuation. I, I, I wanted doctors to find an answer so that I could put my faith in them or that I could feel like we could control it. We could have some, control over what the outcome was. We can make it better. But uh, I feel like the Lord has just said, Hey buddy, will you trust me with it? And, uh, honestly, I didn't want to, um, he's worked on me though. And I'm to the point I do want to, um, I know he loves us. He wants the best for us, but I think it's just another opportunity of, of him growing me, uh, because he loves me. And I know he's going to, make a beautiful story out of that. Uh, we left the hospital not knowing a, anything more than when we arrived in the emergency room. And even today we know nothing more. And the Lord is just keeping us there. I, I believe just helping us trust my wife. She feels great. So it, it's a blessing, but at the same time, if I'm honest, I'm scared to death. Uh, I don't, I don't know what I do without my wife and I, I don't know when it would happen again. Um, and we we got out of the hospital on a Thursday night, um, and the next day was when I was supposed to share my testimony at Ribs at the Range, and I went uh, Friday uh, to Starbucks and, and just spent a, a little quiet time ask, asking the Lord uh, a lot of things, but also asking him if I was even supposed to speak that night. Um, I feel like he asked me to share this, uh, to share 
not the testimony that I had been through, but the one I was in. And that was tough. Um, it's a lot easier to tell a testimony that happened in the past that has a, a nice ending to it. But I felt like he was asking me to be transparent in the struggle and to let people know that that's okay. That it, if you're struggling with real questions or even if you're frustrated it's okay. Like the the man in the Bible that God says is after his own heart was David. And there's many examples in the Psalms where David is just angry, frustrated. Lord, where are you? My enemies surround me. I'm about to die. Why are you delaying? Where are you? And God's okay with those questions. He is. He just wants us to be honest. And so I shared that, uh, with all the guys, uh, just tried to be transparent in it and said, this is one of those moments of, I, I believe, help my unbelief. You know, mm-hmm. that, that story from scripture where a man wanted to believe Jesus could heal his son, but at the same time, he didn't. And he just, he, it's one of the most brutally honest things in scripture. I believe, help me with my unbelief. Uh, and, and that's, that's where I was. And, Honestly, that's that's where I am. God is slowly helping me become comfortable with the not knowing. Um, I would say I'm a lot healthier today with that than before. But um, I, I think also when a, one of the things that changed me in this company, I'll, I'll never forget it, is uh, Rick and Holly Beatenbow um, were having some struggles with one of their kids. Um, and this was probably 10 years ago. And they shared it in the middle of it and we're transparent with, we don't know what to do here. We, we, will you join us in prayer? And Hey, I think this is what God's talking to us about. This seems crazy. Uh, and just them letting us see them process it and be transparent in the middle of a struggle. Mm-hmm. is I think a big part of what changed me here because it helped me see someone's faith penetrate to the point that, uh, to, to the point that even the people they care about most that, that they would say, Lord, I know you care about them more. So, so what, what would you have here? And it was a tipping point for me. I, I'll, I'll never forget it. And so I think a big part of a leader's, job is is that to be transparent in the struggle and it frees other people man i've mm-hmm. had countless people i i can't even tell you how many people have come up to me since i shared that a couple of weeks ago uh and said man i'm going through something really similar and that spoke to me and has helped has helped me and my wife through some very serious struggles honestly some of them that dwarf what i'm going through mm. And it just gave them the freedom to to say, man, we're struggling with this and start talking out loud and communities come around them and they've been freed from it because of that. And that's what God wants to do. Yes. Cal Zant, thanks for being on I Work For Him today. Thanks for sharing from your heart. Really appreciate it. You bet. 
This is what you'll get. Lots of this at the Kingdom Leadership Workshop. Check it out online, kingdomatwork.com. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I I work work for him. him. 